Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Michelle. Hi, I'm Michelle Compulsory Reader. Hi, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to your newcomers. Um, thanks to Michael for inviting me to lead. It's, uh, it's, I'm extra grateful to be here on a holiday weekend because <clears throat> holidays are a tough time, a tough time for me. There's, you know, opportunities to eat galore and um, uh, even beyond that, the, the uh, sort of stress of, of who either you're with or not with on holidays is um, also the driver to eat. So um, it, it's special to be here, you know, on this night. And um, so what it was like, what happened and what it's like now, um, what it was like or the experience, I would distill that to one statement of I could never see what was right. Everything was wrong. And then basically what happened or the um, strength, the building of strength, that's um, learning some tools, learning how to see what's right, learning about gratitude. And then the hope or what it's like now, that's the implementation of those tools right away when I'm feeling bad, which happens a lot. And, but it's, it's knowing that I have a higher power, that, um, that I have tools, that I have fellows. And that's, that's the hope. And that's, that's where I am today. And, um, you know, it's not that life's perfect or easy or like magic happened. But magic did happen in some ways because I have this program now. And that's, that's the gratitude that I want to share about. So I want to start in the hope and kind of stay there and then, you know, kind of go back and forth and tell you what it was like and how, what, what happened. But I want to stay in the hope because it's, that's the contrary action that I have to take for myself every day. Because where my, my head wants to go is to the negative and what's wrong. I'm a great troubleshooter. And, you know, troubleshooting is a great skill, maybe in your profession or in certain other areas. But when you do it in personal relationships and in every aspect of your life, it doesn't really work very well. So I'm going to take the contrary action and talk about hope. So the first gift of this program is that I don't have to eat over all those things, all the negative stuff. And um, that was very different before. Um, you know, food was the solution to all my problems, or one of the ways to self-soothe. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, you know, and I still, there's no such thing as a perfect food plan, but my food is sane today. So if you're new or you're struggling, it does get better. That's the hope that I want to share, that um, for me, food has, there's, a, there's balance, and there's balance in life. So um, that's, that's what working the program every day has given me. So how do I do that? Basically, I came here in 2011 when, um, I, you know, I talk about my work situation a lot because, uh, you know, th there's a lot of things happen. That was the, the sort of the theater of the, uh, of the, like, where a lot of um, defects and um, painful episodes and reenactments of old injuries happened for me. And that's where God got my attention 
of how to um, be willing to change. So um, the work environment, you know, I can tell you that along with food, work has been a full-blown obsession. So, uh, you know, I used to think about it all the time. I used to worry about it. I used to, again, it was, what are other people doing? What do they think? It was, it was constant. So um, a lot of eating went on in the workplace. And, uh, you know, I used to go there and um, eat candy all day long. And things started going downhill. You know, I, I don't want to dwell on that. But bottom line is um, I lost a, a big chunk of my work in 2011, and that's what made me come back to, to Overeaters Anonymous. And because I, I was heavy at that point. I'm maintaining, by the grace of God, a 25 to 30-pound weight loss one day at a time through, through the actions that I take in this program and having a connection with a higher power. But at that time, that, none of that seemed possible. I came here for the sanity and not the vanity. The vanity is just, it was a gift that came along with everything, but um, it was not something I expected or even really hoped for at that time because I just thought, okay, I'm middle-aged, I'm not going to lose any more weight. But those things happened. They happened when I became willing. And it took time to be willing. So if, if you're struggling and you don't feel like it's, you have willingness to change your eating habits or that you don't have willingness to exercise, it took me about two years into program until I really felt willing to, to make those changes and do those things. Um, but, you know, in the work environment, when I left there, I was filled with shame and pain and rage and resentments a mile long. And... Um, there were people that I just, I never thought I'd stop hating them, and I never thought they'd stop hating me. But I can tell you that today, um, I'm still there part-time, and I see all those people, you know, most of them, and they're the people that I never thought I'd get over the resentments against, I have, and we actually get along well today. So that's that's a gift of this program. And that, it just took time, and, you know, just showing up, and, I, you know, it was just the healing of a higher power, because um, it, it still could be that I could be obsessed about the place. I could do that again, you know. Um, but because of taking the actions in this program of showing up here, those are, I believe that's what helped change things. Where um, So when I came in, um, I got a sponsor within the first couple weeks of coming back in, in July of 2011, and, you know, she told me some things to do that, that I still do every day, and I have my sponsees do every day. One of them is um, to come to five meetings a week or four if you're in more than one program. And so I do that. Um, I make two outreach calls every day. I pray and meditate every day. Um, I read and write. The liter- I read the literature, and I write a lot. I write to God directly a lot. Um, that, I find that to be – that's one of the new – coping mechanisms that's replacing food for me is to write to God and then write God's answer back to me. And sometimes I can wonder, is this real? Is this, you know, is this um, me just making things up? Is this just um, wishful thinking? But, you know, even if it is, it's my higher self and it's nicer things than I would say to myself. And it's more positive things than I would say to myself. So, like, why not, you know, and <laughs> there's no reason not to do it. And um, so that those are some of the things that I've learned. I've learned a lot of tools in this program. And, um, you know, part of the price to pay, when, like, I've always heard people say when you, 
if you want to know why you eat, stop eating. And um, so that really rang true that once I became willing to put the food down and pick up the exercise in a healthy way, I thought, well, I don't know what expectation I had. I don't, I don't know what I thought, but it was really great that I, you know, dropped the weight and became physically fit and had all this, you know, recovery in that way and buy smaller clothes. It was all lovely, but, um, but the feelings started coming up really loud and, uh, and super painful feelings. You know, and I heard some someone share in this meeting not that long ago that. Um, we get, like, whenever we pick up our, our addictions of choice, we kind of get arrested at that age. And then it's not until we come to program that we, you know, we, we kind of have to make up for lost time with those feelings and grieve everything we didn't grieve and feel all the intense pain that we stuffed down with all of those coping mechanisms that, that you know, helped us survive. And I think that's true because all those feelings just started bubbling up, just all this painful old stuff. And... Um, it made me look at things that uh, just super painful. And, um, you know, it, it pushed me into another program as well, which has been very helpful. And, you know, that that's, uh, uh, that's something that, um, I mean, I, I, the focus here is on food. But, but all those things come into play because when you put the food down, other things will come up. It's not just you know, in a vacuum where, okay, I'm done with that now and everything's perfect and now no, let's just move on with life. Maybe for some people it's like that. I don't know. But it wasn't for me. And um, so that's, that's the thing. Um, so other gifts is, again, a connection with a higher power. You know, when I was a kid, I did not believe in a higher power at all. I was very in tune with what powerlessness meant. But I didn't think I had a higher power with me to, to protect me or watch over me. Um, so in my adult years, I, through observation of synchronicities and like reading different things, I came to believe that there is a higher power and that, you know, it, it's almost easier to see the work of that higher power in hindsight. Like when, when things are over with, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's why that happened. That's why, you know, like, and, and also in the, in the form of, different people, when different people come into your life and why they're there, it's like, oh, that's why it took so long for this or, you know, all those sorts of things. So, I'd be, I, I mean, I came in here with a, a sense of a higher power, but it wasn't a conscious contact. It was more of a um, just, okay, I know this power exists and I just have to wait around for this power to do things. And, and that's still true to some extent. It's, it's all in God's time. But now I can access that. I can pray and meditate and write to God and, and connect to that power and feel soothed. And, and that's the thing that, um, that's, that's probably the biggest gift of this entire process, is to have that connection. Um, the other gifts have been connections with people. I mean, that's something that, um, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about having difficulty with that or feeling not a part of, and I, that's certainly a big piece of my story is never feeling a part of, never feeling connected. And the, the repeated action of coming back to meetings, that has been the single most important way to connect. Because even though you don't know a whole lot about everybody, um, we don't even know each other's last names half the time, but seeing people over and over again in meetings, that has been a comfort. It has been 
a, a nonverbal way to learn to trust people. And um, it's been very healing to do that. And it's taken a long time. I mean, other people maybe do things more quickly. I do a lot of things very slowly, you know, especially when it comes to connecting with people. So it's just taken time. I mean, I've been in program for almost four and a half years. And, it, you know, I, like I've built some very close relationships, but it's, it's a handful of very close relationships. And there's a lot of people that I, but I love to see in meetings that, um, that I, you know, I, I, I feel connected to. And that's something different. That's something that's a, that's a great gift of this program. Um, so, you know, I, I don't always talk about the distant past because, <clears throat> I mean, uh, you know, up till now, I, like it, it played a role in my recovery, but um, it's not something that I was really comfortable sharing about. But uh, I would talk more about work because a lot of people can relate to the work situation and it's, um, you know, it's, uh, you can tie that up in a neat little package because of leaving resentments behind and, and all of that. But like, where, where I'm at, like peeling the, the layers of the onion and getting down to the, the deeper stuff, um, you know, I'm having to really look at like how my sort of distant past has affected where I am today in recovery. And again, you know, the why doesn't matter. It's something my sponsor has always told me that um, it's not so much about why. It's like you got to jump in and, and do the recovery, do the work. But um, the why will sometimes help me have compassion for myself at this point in time and compassion for others. And so, you know, I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit about the distant past just because it might help someone else who's maybe had a similar experience or can relate to it. And so, you know, my mother has significant mental illness. And um, from the time when I was um, about three to nine, she also had a, a, some severe medical problems. So during that time, she had three significant hospitalizations for long periods of time where she was gone for like eight or nine months at a time. And then um, one in the beginning of that, when I was about three, um, it was determined that I had to go live with my aunt for a time frame, which was about four to six months. And so in the time frame of a child that young, it felt like an eternity. And it felt like... Um, I was a prisoner on lockdown in that house, you know, like they, the adults were scrambling, you know, and like in, in working the steps and, and looking back at all that, you know, I don't have to hate anybody anymore. I really don't. I mean, they were doing the best they could. It was a mess. You know, you have this like sick woman who, you know, they, you know, what do you do with the kid? And everybody's like scrambling. And so my aunt, you know, the, the thing is, is there, there was alcohol in that house and, um, the word highball sticks in my memory. <laughs> a lot of highballs were consumed. And um, so, you know, she was on her third husband at the time. And uh, she had a son, my cousin, who was um, about six years older than me. So when I was three, he was about nine. And she was still actively fighting his biological father in court over custody issues and all sorts of things. So it was a chaotic household, lots of fighting. Um, and my grandmother, this is my father's sister and his mother, and she lived there, and she was um, actually uh, really a you know a victim of this disease, where um, poorly controlled diabetic who was constantly in the sugar, and my aunt used to scream at her when she would sneak food, you know, and and I remember at the time all I knew was well, better her than me, you know, and better at least like if she's getting screamed at, at least I you know I can hide and not get you know get get out of the way. And um, she also had um, 
was, my grandmother had uh, uh, a bad stroke not that long before. I mean, I don't know how, I, mean, I was too young to remember all the details of it, but um, she was uh, um, immobile, paralyzed on one, one side, so she could barely get out of the chair. And um, so my cousin used to do all sorts of diabolical things to her and to me, and it was just, it was a really mean environment. And that set me up for not wanting to be present. I didn't want to be present. I wanted to be hiding. I didn't trust people. And um, it, it really was, uh, it was a difficult situation. So that carried through. I didn't have the opportunity to eat at that time. I couldn't. But as soon as I got back and I started getting older and into school, that's where the food took hold. And, you know, again, I, the 25, 30 pounds, that was more of my adult years. I really wasn't that heavy when I was younger. I'd probably go up and down maybe 10, 15 pounds. But I always felt really fat, and I always felt really unattractive. And um, that I want to jump into today, that one of the gifts of this program is that I don't feel that way anymore. I can feel one of in that way. But one of the things that I've learned how to do um, in this program is I'm wearing a dress tonight, which I have not been a person to wear a dress before. And um, part of it was a political statement in the past, but um, it was a lot because I just didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. I didn't feel like I looked good. I just didn't want to do it, you know. And um, But now that's something I've learned how to do here and to feel good about. And I can feel like I'm just as attractive as anyone else in the room, and um, I can fit that way. And that's something that I never thought I'd have. I used to be very uncomfortable about every kind of clothes, and not even just dresses, but I wouldn't wear any, like, tight workout clothes. And now, everybody who knows me, I, I ride a bike a lot, and, I, you know, I um, work out all the time, and I live in workout clothes, but I used to never put on anything tight. I would never wear shorts, and I wouldn't be caught dead in a bathing suit, you know. And so that's one of the gifts of, these progr of this program is to, to feel, to leave some of that body or a lot of that body obsession behind. I mean, am I going to be a, a, a model? No, you know, but... Um, can I feel confident enough to to be in public and, and, you know, wear clothes and go shopping and do all that stuff? I can do that today. So, you know, that that's – I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful to be able to share that. And, you know, again, no matter how you think you look or how you feel about yourself, if I can change, then you can too, you know. I mean, that, that's part of the hope that I want to share. Um you know, and as far as, you know, the, these relationships, like, you know, going back to my mother and my cousin, you know, the, like my mother was someone that, you know, she was gone for all these times. So I couldn't wait to see her. I'd wait. I learned how to wait. I was like a prisoner. I'd go back, and um, the way that relationship fast forward, she ended up becoming, and my cousin too, they ended up becoming emotional vampires in my life. These are people that um, you could never give them enough. No matter how much you listen to them, no matter how much you tried to do whatever they wanted, it was never enough, you know. And um, that definitely had an effect on my desire to eat and my desire to not be present and um, trying to check out at all times and just not be not be available, you know. I mean, the thing is about not being present, like that – those skills of being, <clears throat> like, what I learned very early in life of 
how to check out of like either being in some kind of a fantasy world. I was the kind of kid who'd have imaginary friends, and the adults indulged it. They actually liked it, especially after a few highballs, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> but they they didn't um, they didn't shame me for it, you know. But that was that was a, a thing that it helped me survive. But you know what? It doesn't serve anymore. Because the thing is, that I've learned how to not be present and still do very complex things. I could I could do my work and have my mind way over here. You know, I've learned how to do that. And um, I could not be present. You might never know it, you know. Um, but it doesn't serve because that's not how you connect with people and not how to live life. So, you know, that... I have to be reminded of that every day, though, because um, if I don't keep coming back to meetings and keep working the steps and keep learning, I'll, I can, I'll easily go back to that isolating state. Um, it's too easy to, to, to kind of relapse into it, you know. But that, the thing about being willing is that, you know, like with food... What my abstinence looks like is three meals with two optional snacks, okay? And how that ties into all of this other stuff is that I need a structure to help me get through the day so that if I start having feelings about something or if I'm feeling tortured or whatever it is, that I have some way to disconnect the food from that because... Again, like when I was at work and being stressed all the time, I used, I was just eat constantly. There was no such thing as the meal ending or the, you know, it was just constant eating all day long. And I knew, I knew what I was doing though. I knew that that, that was a conscious act and it wasn't going to help, but I was powerless over it. Now, I guess the difference is that a higher power stops me from getting too crazy. You know, like it's not that I don't want to eat, but something stops me from going down that road because I know it's going to make me hate myself. I know it's going to make put me into that place of self-loathing that that I don't want to be in anymore. And um, that that's a, a big thing to change, you know. And so, again, there's not it's not like there's a perfect food plan. My food is not perfect. I'm sure there's a lot of people in this room who would have um, criticism of like, oh, well, you ate too much of that or you ate too much of this. But, you know, I'm looking for balance. I'm looking for balance in life and in food and in this program and with people. And the balance, I think, is better than it used to be. That's the thing. I have to always look at how things used to be and how they are now. And in that way, that's where comparison is useful, is, is how is it better? You know, again, back to the question of what's right? What's, what can I be grateful for? You know, and... So when I look back and, and ask the question, like when I look at before, before program, when I looked at my childhood, I had the same story that I would tell myself all the time of how, you know, why it was so bad and, you know, I'm such a victim. Now I can look back at that with the new pair of glasses and say, okay, what was right about that situation? Okay, what was right was that when all that stuff was happening, my father didn't leave, you know. He stuck around. And, you know, he was a workaholic, compulsive workaholic, but that's what he did, you know. That's how he showed he cared, and he kept things together by working. And so I can look at that and be grateful for that and realize that's how he showed love, you know. He didn't know how to do it any other way. And um, 
but he was there, and he he kept it together because a lot of a lot of guys would have left. It was a really stressful situation, you know. He had this crazy wife, and she was sick, and you got the kid, and like, what are you going to do? And he could have left, but he didn't. And even my aunt, who was just, you know, she was one of these people that. She could be so, like, the life of the party and this great personality and, like, just loved her. And then she could turn into be the most horrible, mean person, and I never knew which I was going to get. But I could be grateful that she let me live in her house, you know. It could have been that or go to foster care or something, you know. I mean, where would I have gone otherwise if I didn't go there? I mean, there weren't, you know, there were other relatives, but um, it would have been worse to go with them, I think. I mean, this was bad, but they would have been worse, you know. So... <laughs> So I can I can look at it that way. I can see, you know, even my cousin, I can understand him. You know, here was this, this kid. He did such awful mean things. He tortured me. I'd scream, shriek in terror like a little girl that I was, you know. And um, But he was tortured. This, this Here's a kid who kept, you know, in the middle of battling parents and, you know, just unhappy and his needs weren't getting met. And... You know, to fast forward to tell you about my cousin, I don't want to be him, you know, because what happened to him is this is a guy who never thought anything was right. He could never find the right woman. There was never enough money for him, um, never the right job. Even though he was successful, nothing was ever right. You know, I'm pretty sure he had substance abuse problems um, because at one point along the way, I remember him calling me um, and with, with what I think was kind of an amends call which, you know, I accepted. I thought I was gracious at the time. But it didn't work for him. He was one of those people that the big book talks about that um, he, I don't know if he could be honest with himself or he just couldn't do it. But a year ago, October, he ended up shooting himself in the head and killing himself, you know. So that's what happened to my cousin. And, um, you know, we didn't have a great close relationship, you know. But it's a sad thing, and I don't want to be him because – I could go to that place of, like, nothing's right, everything's horrible. I mean, I remember him saying the words to me, it sucks to be me, you know. So I don't want to be that. I want to be happy to be me. I want to be comfortable in my own skin and and be, you know, a productive, contributing member of society, which this program helps me to do better. And, um, you know, it's not that I haven't been those things. I've been those things before, you know. I've been a contributing member of society, but never feeling the joy of it, you know. So now, along with feeling the pain, I can feel some joy. And um, I'm grateful for when that comes. I'd like it to come more often, you know, to be honest with you. <laughs> I like the joy better than the pain, but I guess there's some more pain that my higher power wants me to feel and some more things that I need to work through. And that's just that's just how it is. So you know, I'm just learning to be an acceptance of of the way life is, and um, learning to not have expectations, false expectations out of people. You know, and, and speaking of expectations, you know, the whole thing with my mother again, a, a big reason why I'd want to eat. Um, I used to have like that relationship. To it'd be, I don't have enough time, nor is this the venue to tell you all the details about her. But suffice it to say. Um, that relationship has been really tumultuous, and um, uh, for the longest time, I had nothing but dread with anything related to her. Um, I didn't, if that, if anything came in the mail or any phone call came through, it was like it struck 
terror in my heart, you know. So the best I can do today, though, the way things are right now is I can feel compassion for her. I can give her a few minutes on the phone here and there. We can talk. I mean, I can listen to her, and I don't have to feel dread about it. Um, we could have a the most we've had the most sane interaction recently that I you know I had a natal birthday a week ago and she sent me a plant so I called her to say thank you so we were acting as if we're sane and, <laughs> and that was great and so I was happy for that there was no drama there was no you know stress it was like it was fine you know but without program, I don't know that that would have been happening at all. And um, so I, I'm just grateful. The biggest thing through the filter of this program, I am grateful that when life is in session and life is happening, that I don't have to eat over it. And, um, and I can be grateful for how life has gotten bigger for me in the way of having more people in my life, in the way of having more peace, in the way of... Um, Finding a healthy relationship with exercise, that's been a really big gift that I want to talk about um, that, you know, I had a challenge recently that, like, exercise has become a really big tool for me. Like, I, I do it a lot. It's really important. But then, you know, I got the cold from hell about three weeks ago, and I can't work out. And um, so, you know, I knew something would happen along the way that is going to keep me from working out every day. Like, something has to happen. And so it was this, and I realized that, you know, I'm really not, I thought, am I obsessed? Am I an exercise bulimic? Is that really what I am? But, but I'm not, because I'm willing to, to relax and take care of myself during this time until I can, until I can work out healthfully again in, in a, you know, sane way. And um, so I'm actually kind of grateful for that. And, you know, the other gift is that, I'm not quite as hungry, so I don't. I can like leave one snack behind, and even during the holidays and all this opportunities <laughs> to eat, my weight has been stable. So that's like, what a gift, you know, that I'm not working out. My weight's stable. Like that's only can be a higher power. But, um, you know, so again, if for anybody who thinks that they can't lose weight or they can't have sanity with food or they can't have peace, you can. Because if I did, you can too. There's nothing that different about us. And um, that's the thing, is to look for the similarities, not the differences. It's, the circumstances are often going to be different, but it's the feelings that are the same. You know, it's the feelings of, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, nobody likes me. We all feel like that in some way, shape, or form. And, um, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm thinking of what's different or what's more stable for me. This today. You know, I, I had the the gift of speaking here back in February of 2013 when my um, weight loss was fairly new. And uh, I, the gift is that it's been consistent since then. It's almost two years. And it's just the simple act, the simple things of doing, working the program, being of service, showing up, service and gratitude, those are the two main things. If you have the opportunity to be a sponsor, be a sponsor because that's that's really helped my program. Be sponsored by someone; those are the things that work. Um, so I think I'll end there. And uh, if anyone has any questions, uh, would love to entertain. Them. Thank you.
The question is, what is my favorite part of the program? Well, I think I have a lot of favorite parts. And I think um, meetings and um, fellowship and uh, actually leading meetings is fun. You know, I was really nervous before this, but I'm really grateful to do it because it, it, every time I lead a meeting, I feel connected to people. And um, I'm really grateful for that. So, yeah, I guess those are the things that... It's, the, it's the, the new connections that I've made in this program. That's, that's really my favorite thing. Thanks. Thank you, Michelle, for your choice. Good to see you, always. Um, I heard you say that, you know, in life's in session, you don't have to eat over it. Can you talk more about exactly what you do in order not to eat over it? Okay. The question is, when life's in session that I don't have to eat over it, and what do I specifically do to avoid eating? Um, one thing that I do and I tell sponsors to do is that, like, if, like, for me, when I'm having a meal, it just tastes good. It's like I want more. I kind of always, like, I don't want it to be over. So, <laughs> you know, and it, so what I'll do is I'll text someone, I'm done. You know, I'll just say, I'm done eating now. And I tell my sponsors to do the same thing. It's just... Once you put your word down in writing, then you have to honor your word. And um, so that's important for me. Like, if I don't put things in writing, if I don't mean them, and um, generally, I, yeah, I don't think I do that. And um, so I'll do that. That's one technique. Sometimes I'll just stop and pray, like, drink water after a meal and just sit there and um, just pause. It's the, you know, that's, that's the thing I didn't say before is that the biggest gift of this program is to learn how to pause. You know, I mean, I just, um, so pausing is a part of that, of not eating too much. It's because if I don't pause, then I'm likely to jump in and start, oh, I have a little more of something, or I only have a little bite of that, and that, that's not good, you know. And um, so, yeah, that, hopefully that answers. Thank you again for your share. And um, I was wondering, what, what happened two years in, Okay, so the question is what um, happened two years in for the willingness to change to work the physical part? Well, one thing that happened was I had hurt my elbow and um, went to physical therapy, and that's, it was sort of a fancy strength training, and I realized that I needed to do that more. So um, I, I then became willing after that to start researching some some options around it, and I found one that has worked for me, which I've been going back to that place, and, it, you know, like a 30-minute kind of deal. And then I started riding my bike more, which, I mean, I always kind of did that, but I, you know, got into it even a little bit, little bit more. And, um, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of the catalyst. And at the time, I just felt more ready to put the food down. That was the other thing, was um, I thought, okay, if I'm going to do all this work, and, and work out and put in all this effort, then the only way that's going to work out is if I stop eating so much, you know. Because the thing was, is I could stick to the three meals, two snacks, but I was so afraid to be hungry before that um, that they were big meals and big snacks, you know. So, but once I started doing, like, it all came together because I thought, you know, if there's a, a chance to lose weight again, I really would like to, you know. I mean, I didn't expect it, but... If, if it can happen, I would, I would like, that'd be awesome, you know. And it happened, so I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess no more questions. Thanks for letting me share.